0: Here we go. Today's daf is daf test, page 19 in the of Mesachus Kedushin. And we're starting with a brand new Shaila. We're up to Boy Reish Yeah. So we are one, two, three, four, five, six lines from the top of the daf Yates on um, Six lines from the top. From the top. Let's get into a brand new conversation that's going to take us throughout today's daf, which is this mitzvah of yid. Let's remind ourselves, if you have a father who sells his daughter as a kitana, so when she becomes of marriageable age, whenever that is for her, capable of being married, so the master has a mitzvah to marry her, do yiud And if the master doesn't want to do yid, whether it's not a good shidduch, or for whatever reason, the master has a mitzvah to have his son do yiud on the Amavriah. Okay, so that's the that's what it says in the Torah. Now, we're going to start on that topic with a shayla, a question searching for information. Boy Rish Lakish, Rish Lakish asks, mahu, what is the halacha, shem adam, lev'noi katan? Can a father marry her off to his son who is still a katan? He's still a minor. Okay, now usually, it is impossible for a katan to ever get married. A katana... A girl who's a minor could get married by her father marrying her off. A male cannot be married unless he's an adult. The Gemara is asking that maybe this Chiddush, this novel marriage called Yiyud, maybe it could apply, it says in the Torah, if the father appoints his son to take his place in marriage, maybe over here, the same way the girl could be a minor, maybe the the son could be a minor, that's the Shiloh. And let's get into this question. B'nai Marachman, it says in the Torah, that if the master himself doesn't marry her, he can give her to his son. What does his son mean? Benayi koldahu. Any age son. Aydomo, or perhaps Benayi Or maybe he can only give it to a son who's similar to him. What does that mean? Ma'u Godo. Just like for a father to acquire a girl, he has to be of age of adulthood. Afbenayi So too, his son, who's taking his place, has to be of adult age. Amar of of Zira answers. Tashma, come and listen. Ish. It says, when a man commits adultery with an ashes, ish, with a married woman, what's the halacha der chay of Misa? It says, ish, prat l'katon, which excludes a katon. If you have a kid who's 11 years old, who has relations with a married woman, he's not chay of Misa. If you're going to say that you could apply to a katon we find marriage when it comes to katon now the Gemara here is assuming that the reason why a minor is off the hook in general is uh, I'm sorry yeah I'm sorry It's it's uh, I made a mistake we're not dealing with a case where a minor had relations with an ish. I'm sorry the case is says the Gemara it's excluding a wife of a minor from being called an ish, meaning If you have an 11-year-old boy who marries a woman and somebody commits adultery, we'll give it that name, with her, you're not Chayim Misa. The assumption is because it's not a marriage. Ask the Gemara, isn't this a proof that Yiud of a minor doesn't work? Because if Yiud, if the father could give her to his son who's 10, 11 years old, now you have a case of a fully married woman, biblically, and if anybody has relations with her, they should be high of Misa. Why does the Torah say they're not high of Misa? The Elamai, what are you going to say? Okay, fine, what are you going to say? That you can't give it to your kid who's a minor. I come my Then why does the Torah ever need to exclude a case of a wife of a minor if it's an impossibility? If a regular 10-year-old puts a ring on a woman's finger, it ain't a marriage. And now we're saying that if a father appoints his son for Yud, and it's not going to be a marriage, why in the world does the Torah have to say, by the way, if you have relations with the wife of a minor, you're not Chay of Misa. How is it possible to ever be the wife of a minor? It's never going to be valid. <inaudible> so you should understand from the fact that we need to exclude it, <inaudible> it must be, if there is a possibility of a wife of a minor, the only time that's possible is going to be you. It must be, says the Gemara, back to our question, we started out with a Shiloh from a shlokish. Can a father give the mitzvah of yud over to his minor son? The answer must be yes. And get ready for this, however, Just keep in mind, where we're at in the Gemara right now. And still, if somebody were to commit adultery with her, you're not chayav misa. So they are married. We're calling it yud. They're married, but you're not going to be chayav misa having relations with her. Um, Ravashi, Ravashi says no. You're wrong. Don't assume that for a woman to be the wife of a minor, you need to say that yield on a minor works. That's not true. I'll give you another case where you could be a wife of a minor and I'll tell you why. a Ravashi, Ravashi says, We're done with a case where you have a Yavam, the wife of the deceased brother, who's over nine years old and a day and he has relations With the Yavama, now that's called relations of marriage. And it's called a valid Yibam. Biblically, they're already connected. They already have a Zika, even before they had relations. And now the relations just solidifies something that pre-existed. Meaning, a minor can't create a marriage, but by yibum, what happened is the Torah already started the marriage for him, therefore it's Shaykh, it's possible. I would have thought to say... Keep unto me the rise of Since biblically she's connected to him, and when he has relations with her, it's considered relations. The relations of a nine-year-old is considered an act of marital relations. Somebody has relations with her; it should be of misa, like anyone who has relations with a married woman. Kamash therefore, tells us no. Bottom line is, says the Gemara, we don't know the answer to Reish Lakish's original question. Reish Lakish asked, "Can a father give?" The mitzvah of yud to his son who's a minor? We don't know. We thought we had a proof. Oh, God, somebody has relations with the wife of a minor. It's not Well, it's got to be Yehud. No, that's the only Yehud. What's by yud? We don't know. So we don't have an answer yet. We don't know whether our father can over the mitzvah of Tissa. My So what's the halacha? Bottom line. Let's answer Rish Lakish's question. No. What's going to happen? Toshma come and listen, Amr Ravava, Ramrhava, Ammar Vyana. says name of Rivyana, Amy Yodella Midas. Yod only apply to Gidailim. And Yud needs complete Das, complete knowledge. Okay? Now whose knowledge? His, hers? Let's see. Says Gemara Tarti, Why are you separating the two? Usually an adult has das. What do you mean there's only Yud by Godol, only yud with das? Das means you could think, you have a brain, you're an adult. What's the difference between the two? Tomorrow says, it's, it's not two things. Ma tam ka'amar is giving us the reason, meaning, Ma tam al What is the reason why an adult man, whether it's the master or the master's son, have to be, the only they could do yid? Afisha in al because yid needs das. By the way, as opposed to Yibam. right? Yibim doesn't, it could be balkara. What does it mean with das? It means midas didah. It means with das Meaning she has to agree to it. When you Even when you purchase a girl as an Amavriah, and now there's a mitzvah yud, even this minor girl has to be in on it. The Abayi Bred Rebbe because Abayi the son of Rebbe taught us, if you have a Amavriah, who the master does not want to do yud, Why? He says it's not a good Shidduch. Okay? Not a good Shidduch. So he doesn't want to marry her, so he has to set her free. What do you see from over here? Malamid Shetzorich Liyadah. Yeah? That the word yud itself, built into yud is, in, in the root of the word, is yaada. Ya'odah is knowing, knowledge. So built into yud is consent. She has to know what's happening over here. And Abai also explained. Yud. This is referring to Kedushin that's taking place with Yud. Meaning the father originally sold her. Now the master is turning that money into Yud. Since the original money is not marriage money. So we need her consent now. Otherwise you could say I already relied on the father's consent at the time of the sale. But since we're saying now the original money of sale is not the money for yud, you're going to have to give additional money in order to marry her for yud. So it's a whole new thing. Memela um, by uh, by kedusha yud, she must know because you need her consent. It's not enough to have the original, the father's original consent at the time of the sale. You can even say if even if you hold the money was given for marriage originally, it changes. Shani hocha, over here by yud, it's different than a regular marriage. Yamarachmana, yaada, because here it says you got to let her know. Okay. Bottom line is, the, when a master or the master's son does yud, yaada, she must know. And therefore, what does it mean that a goddo has to do it, and there has to be consent, there has to be agreement? What it means is a. Only an adult master and an adult master's son can do yud, and B, she has to agree for this to turn into a marriage. If she doesn't consent, that the original sale is could that the mitzvah yud is done, then you, then the she has to know about it. If she doesn't know about it. You can't do. You can't uh, do yud. Okay. Says the Gemara. My Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda. Now we're going to shift a fascinating conversation And that's like this Let's pause for a minute Let's talk outside A father Sells his daughter As a Jewish maid servant To a Jewish man The Torah states When she becomes Worthy, eligible of marriage the master has an obligation to do yid an obligation to marry her if the master doesn't want to so then he has a mitzvah to have his adult son marry her if his adult son does want to marry her they have to set her let let her go okay that's the Allah. now here's what we're going to talk about right now notice the girl was originally purchased we'll say as a servant, and now Yiyud is changing it into a marriage. How is the yield done? What's going to shift it to marriage? So we learned at the beginning of our tractate, date, beginning of our masahta, there's three ways to create marriage: Kesef, money, star document and be a marital relations in a way of acquisition. Now notice, the master already paid the father, let's call it $10,000. When he now does yield marriage, can he say, well, my original $10,000 is marriage money. The same way when you marry a minor girl, you pay the father money for marriage, so too over here, Yes, originally the understanding was Amavriya, but built into the purchase of an Amavriya is a mitzvah to do yid. So the original money that I gave is marriage money. Or do we say no? Now, it's a new thing over here. You can't say original money is for the purpose of kedushin. It's not. The original money was Amavriya money. It was servant money. And now, in order to uh, create a marriage, it's going to have to be done with a new act of acquisition. You can't just say, oh, my original money is now going now to change retroactively. Okay? So here we go. My Rebasi Reb what is this opinion of Rebasi Reb who says that the original money is not given over, uh, who says the original money is not given over for marriage. The time when the bride to If he marries her through yod. What's happening is, she's becoming redeemed with that. Okay? So, we're connecting the halachas of Yud Ye- of to the halachas of a servant's ability to deduct the amount they worked already and leave. What do you see from here? Saruch um, teaches me that we need There's enough time left in the day in order for her to redeem herself Okay, meaning until the actual marriage once the year the marriage happens she can no longer redeem herself she's a regular married Jewish woman but until the marriage actually happens we could get into Gidray and Kesev she could deduct and walk away if there's enough time in the day for her to work At least the Shavah Prutah She becomes married through lav, And if not She's not married through Yehud Because if it would be If the original money would be for marriage You should be allowed to perform Yibam Even if there's not enough time To work for a Shavah A financial value He says, No. You could even say the original money does turn into marriage money. Why over here does there have to be enough time in the day for her to work the value of a shevaprutah? Because there's a specific verse over here which says, Vehefta, and she becomes redeemed. So you see that the yid and Vehefta and redeeming go hand in hand. But in general, we'll say it does become. Marriage, it does become money of marriage. Omar Rava, Omar Rav Nachman. So Rava says in the name of Rav Nachman, A man can say to his daughter who's a minor, v'kabli yehuda. Okay, Go and accept kedushin. Why? Because of the halacha of Rav Yaisi and Yehuda. And the father is not involved at all. Now we know in general... A young girl cannot accept kedushin. Only a father can marry her off. But based upon what we're saying, if a father gives the rights to his daughter to accept kedushin, she's allowed to do that. Now, ask the Gemara: How do you know? Again, a a minor cannot get married. Well, there's a new there's a new conversation. Okay, a minor cannot accept marriage. A father can a girl a a father can accept marriage for a minor girl. The Gemara says you should know. If Rabbi Yehudah is right, a minor girl could accept marriage with her father's permission. Now, why? We're, we're, what's the source? <laughs> because Reb Yehudah said that when it comes to Yud, the original money is not marriage money, and therefore, if there's enough time for her to still be able to work a Pruta, then it's going to be a valid marriage, even without the father having any sort of hand. In the marriage, hachanami laishna, so too over here, leishna. there's no difference. Let's pause for a moment and hop what's happening. Let's notice this, it's great, very logical. yields working, according to Beis Rabbi Yehuda, in the following way. A master can do yid with the girl's knowledge. by deducting from the work that she's out, that that she's obligated to him now you're not going to work that amount i'm going to marry you instead of you working that amount like you're marrying her beshavak kesef with the value herzchan listen here that means the marriage is happening without the father's involvement at all the father has nothing to do with this from the fact that we know that's true according to rabbi rabiner so it would imply the same thing would hold true if the father never even sold her as an amavria. The father just says, "Go accept marriage. I give you the rights. I give you permission. Whenever she has permission to accept it, it's going to be valid." Nachman also says the name of Nachman. If a man marries a woman with a loan that has a collateral, it's going to be a valid marriage. Also, because of Rabbi Yehuda's reasoning. Okay, now this is if a man. Let's say a woman borrows money from a man And he forgives the loan So the benefit that she has From not being obligated to forgive the loan Is going to be uh, Included in marriage It's a valid marriage Even if he never gives her back the collateral Why? Because The original money is not given For the sake of marriage But you can still do yud. Hai alvohi See the problem is this is considered like a loan. When she's an amavria, she owes him the service of work. So when the master says you don't need to work for me, and by not working for me, the value that in place of your work, see, it's as if I'm giving it to you. You don't work for me, and in place of your working, uh, of you not working for me, I'll be married to you. It's working like as a loan. She owes him the time. He says it's okay. You don't need to give me the time, and you're married with that. So you see, when you forgive a loan, that could affect the marriage. The and she herself is the mashkin. and if there's a prut of time left for her to work, and they do yud, have a So to over here, there shouldn't be any. Uh, there shouldn't be any difference. The Gemara is basically just establishing that if Rebbei Reb Yehuda is correct. These are two important halakhic ramifications that are going to come out. A, that a father has a right to tell his daughter, accept kedushin for yourself. And B, you can marry with the forgiveness of a loan. Okay. Says the Gemara further. New Brisa, second line from the top of 19B, Yud Tesum base. Now, until now, this is a very, very important brise, uh, because until now, we've been just assuming there's this marriage that is going to take the place of the original servitude. How does that shift happen? So, Tanerah, one of the rabbis, during the social week, How do you do the Mitzvah, Yud? I'm a little finished time. The master says there in front of two witnesses. Hare, Until now, you worked for me. Now you're married to me. A b'sayf, even if it's right at the end of six years, even if it's right before uh, and they act together as husband and wife, as opposed to, as, to to acting with her as a servant. So now miur could happen anytime throughout the six years. Never you can have a, a, a master who has her work for five years, eleven months, and twenty-nine days, and towards the end of the last day, yeah, he says with the remaining value, I'm gonna marry you. By, by removing that obligation if there's not enough time left in the day it's right before shkia on her last day in the Mikudasheh she's not married a parable to this is a guy says to a woman marry me now after 30 days okay what does that mean what it means is I'm marrying you now if something happens in 30 days from now. So if that thing happens in 30 days, then retroactively we're married. From today. And what happens? Uba'acher, somebody comes during those 30 days, the kid and marries her during that time. Shemekudash es l'risha. Allah is, if that thing happens at the end of 30 days, she's married to guy number one. Because since at the end of 30 days, she's married retroactively, so guy number one was really married before guy number two who came during the 30 days. Okay. Now, what is this parable coming to teach me? is coming to teach me the halacha of Rabbi Yehuda. Again, Rabbi Yehuda taught us that the money that the father gets is not the money of marriage. If it's coming, teach me that halacha. <laughs> As we said, if there was enough time left in the day for her to work for him, and it has the prutas value, and now he's marrying her, you are married without giving over any more money. There's not enough time. You cannot be married. Yeah? So according to Rabbi Yehuda, Yehud should not go all the way back. And it's not going to, the, the muscle. The connection is not going to have any shaykhs to what we're saying. The purpose of the mushal is for how the Rabbanan understand, and that is that Yiyod does work retroactively. That's that you don't need a chiddush, you don't need a mushal over there. Why would I do that? I would have thought to say, Oh, The bottom line is that he did the, the master didn't tell the father, You're marrying me from now. So the Brahsa therefore lets us know. That um, when it comes to a regular marriage, you have to say meyachshov. When it comes to yud, you don't need to say Tani Tanidach learned in another brisa. Hamaycheres bita. If somebody sells his daughter, vaholach the and then after selling her to the master, he accepts marriage for her from to somebody else. So the father goes and sells her as a as an amavria um to Reuven. Now Ruven has a mitzvah to marry her, but he doesn't yet. And while she has, while she's officially a servant of Ruvain, the father accepts marriage for her to Shimon. So now she's obligated to work for Ruvain, but she's a wife of Shimon. is the father can laugh at the master. Umikudashas l'sheni, and she's married to the second guy. Now, laugh at her doesn't mean, laugh at him doesn't mean that, oh, I stole your money. It could be he's obligated him completely if now the second husband's going to buy her out. But laugh at him means, I sold her to you. Now maybe the original master thought he had a mitzvah yud. So now he can't have a mitzvah yud because she's already married. You can't do yud on a married girl. So he could laugh as far as the yud is concerned. Which is an interesting scenario. In other words, like this a father needs his daughter supported. And he doesn't like the master or think that it's a good shidduch for marriage. He doesn't mind her working for him. He doesn't think it's a good shidduch. So he could sell her to, to Reuven, the master, and then accept marriage to Shimon. And now Reuven can't do yid anymore. Divi Reis is the pinnacle of Reis say, If the master still wants to marry her, he could. Really? How so? So get ready for this. Because... It's going to go retroactively. It's a parable. The man says to Behold, you are married to me after 30 days of a Somebody comes during that 30-day period and marries her. She's married to the second guy. Whose halacha is this connected to? If it's following the opinion of the Rabbonon, that's not possible. The Rabbonon say, that the first ma- that the master could still do yid, so it, it's she, she's still married to the first guy. So what's your parable of her being married to the second guy? The master could still marry her, according to the Rabbanan. Father mar- sells her and then marries her off. The Rabbanan say we don't care about the second marriage. The first guy still has rights. The master still has rights in yid, and that would not work well with this mushul, this parable of somebody says I'll marry your daughter later and then somebody else comes in the meantime, it's not Duda Rabban, different halacha. Allah is following the pin of Rebbe Yehuda, who says, the second guy's marriage, the, the, the second guy's marriage is effective, and the master cannot marry her. Pshita, why do you need the, the marshal of the b'raisa? I would have thought to say, since he didn't tell, the master never said to her, I'm going to marry you after 30 days. Okay. Therefore, I would say that if somebody else comes along and marries her in the meantime, it's an effective marriage. Kamashveloun the brisa lets us know otherwise. Period. End of that conversation. I want to give a quick overview so that we just get a, a bullet of what just happened. This is precious. It's precious. It's very. You know, think through this. Here we go. When a master purchases a minor girl. Do we say. Since there's a mitzvah of Yehud. Already at the time of the purchase. The owner also has. Her rights to marriage. Or. Do we say no. When she's sold to him. He has her rights of servitude. There happens to be a separate mitzvah of a master to marry the Amavri. But it's not like there's any connection at the time that she sold to marriage. No connection to marriage. There's a mitzvah for her to marry him. Alright, so either you do it or you don't. Those are the two tzadim here. The two sides. Again, side A is do we say since when you sell her a mitzvah of yud is there right away so there's already rights to marriage that's held by the master and if somebody were to come along in the meantime and marry her we're going to tell that second guy get out of here, jump in the lake the owner already has rights to yud. who are you? or do we say B, if somebody comes to meet them and marries her, she's married him. Oh, she's owned by the master, fine. But the master didn't do Yehud yet. He never married her. He has a mitzvah to marry her, but shkoyuch, a lot of people have mitzvahs to do things that they don't end up doing. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, you didn't do it. So this is where the machoikas kicks in between the Rabbonon and Rabbi um, Yisib, Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, so it says the Gemara like this. According to the opinion of Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, when it comes to Yud, at the time, sorry, when it comes to a sale, at the time that the money is given, the master's not saying, "I'm going to marry you after thirty days." And since he's not saying that if somebody were to come along and marry her they would be married. But if the master says at the time of the sale or at any time he says listen lady girl I'm going to marry you in 30 days from now then I would say the Kiddushin possibly could take effect retroactively and somebody cannot come during those 30 days to marry her the b'risa lets us know that that's not the Halak. Okay. Another Tani similarly. Somebody sells his daughter. He makes a condition with the master. He says, I'm selling her to you, but you better not marry her. I do not want you to perform the mitzvah of Yiud. The condition stands. A father has a right to say, You're not marrying my daughter. Say no. the master can do whatever he wants because the Torah gives him a mitzvah to do it you can't make a condition about a mitzvah in the Torah you want to make a condition to not fulfill a mitzvah it's a nullified condition, go jump in the lake so there's a mitzvah for the master to marry her and if the father doesn't want it they say tough luck alright, that's the opinion of the Chacham Again, Rav Meir says the father can make a stipulation at the time of the sale. You cannot do Yid. I don't want you doing Yid. The father can make that stipulation and the master will not be allowed to do Yid. The Chum say, you can't do that. Since there's a mitzvah in the Torah for a master to do Yid, even if the father were to say it, we ignore it. Says the Gemara, Ulu Rav Meir Reveyer says the condition will stand. The master will not be allowed to do Yibum. Ask the Gemara. I don't understand, but we learned in a song. When somebody says to a woman, li, Behold, you are married to me. Behold, you are married to me on condition that I'm not obligated in all of the biblical obligations to you. Every husband, biblically, when he marries his wife, is obligated to give her proper amount of food, proper amount of clothing, and proper amount of time. And he says, guess what? I'm in the armed forces. I'm traveling all over the place. I'll be married to you. You're going to live in one city. I'm going to live in another city. You take care of yourself. We'll be married for whatever reason. Tax purposes. But I'm not obligated for anything else. Yeah. It's a gabai Who walked over to a, a guy in shul. He says I want to give you an Aliyah. What's your name? He says my name is Esther Ben Maisha. He says your name's Esther? He says yeah I put everything in my wife's name. All right. So a guy says, "Yeah, for whatever reason, they're making this marriage. Yeah, whatever." Yeah. He says, "I'll marry you, but no sherek no biblical obligations." Allah is You're married to her, and guess what? butl, You still have to give her everything. You can't say, "I'm not obligated." Built into marriage are these obligations. Divrei Rebbe Meir is the opinion Rebbe Meir. Now notice what Rebbe Meir just say? You cannot make a condition. If it's against the Torah. Rebuda and Rebuda says, If it comes to monetary things, she could be my chalet. She could forgive it and it's a valid tonight. But the bottom line is, ask the Gemara. Here's the obvious question. See, in the, we said before, what's Reveyor's opinion? If a father says to a master, you can't do the Allah is, he can't do yiud, You can make a condition against the Torah. But then why by marriage does Reveyor say, you cannot make a condition against the Torah? Could you or could you not? Amar says, La'amah. By Yehud it says, The father sells her La'amah to be a maidservant. Pa'amim, Which seems to imply, there's times where you're going to sell her, and she's only going to be a maidservant. For example, when? When you make a condition, that you can't marry her. For are Hai La'amah that there's always a mitzvah of yud. Why does the Torah say he's selling her as an amma? <speaking in Hebrew> for the halach of the following brisa, which says la amma malamechamaychor lepsulim, a father could, a, a father is allowed to sell her as an amma even to someone who's ushered to marry her. So he's allowed to sell her to an erva. He could sell her to somebody who's forbidden to marry. her. <speaking in Hebrew> says the Gemara, but isn't that logic? And if a father can marry her off to a posel certainly he should be able to marry her off to somebody who's apostle as well. Now what this means is like this. If let's say a father were to accept marriage from a mamzer on behalf of his daughter, it's going to be a valid marriage. There's just a chi of get. They're obligated to get divorced. But it's, it's called a marriage. So Gemara says, if it's going to be a valid marriage to a apostle, why would I think he can't sell her to a apostle? Says the Gemara, because malikat you can See, when it comes to marrying off to a, a, a somebody who's posel, a, a father is allowed to marry off his daughter, even when she's a nara, which means he has a stronger control over her marriage. But but who says he could sell her to a puzzle person? kishinara. You no longer have rights to her once she's a nara. You have very limited rights over your daughter. Only when she's a katana you could. So maybe. When it, when it comes to marriage, then you could, sit, you could marry her off to a puzzle because you have a strong right in marriage. Even when she's an ari, you're holding on to those rights. But by selling her, you can't sell her as an aris, maybe you have a lesser. So Laymar, la'imar la'amah, therefore it says, La malam Shamaychur shameichur which teaches us a father, Taka has a right to sell her as an umma to somebody who is a puzzle to marry her. All right. should we uh... Let, let's go further if that's okay. Here's a little bit of a stopping point, but there's a two dots about 12 lines down on Amit Aleph. So let's get to the let's get to the two dots cuz otherwise we're we're going to be stopping further up on the on the Daf. Let, let's let's cover the Daf. Okay. This one I wasn't sure whether to stop here. Let's keep going. Says the Gemara, Rebel Liazr and says, "Im lalame p'sulim." If you're going to tell me this possibly teaches me, you're allowed to sell her to p'sulim when it says la'ama harekvarnep, and that even if she's only going to be an amma um, you can still sell her harekvarnep. Rabbi and no, it already says that if the master doesn't want to marry her, so he has to offer to her to his son. She'rab b'nisu'eha that teaches us. That it would be a forbidden marriage. That's why he, That's why you're not marrying her. So why do you got to say you sell her as a maid? So Malami this teaches us, that he's allowed to sell her even to uh, to an erva. Somebody who's usher to marry her already. But I didn't, want, wouldn't I have logic? If a father could sell her to somebody who's puzzled. shouldn't he certainly be allowed to sell her to Krivim? Somebody who's a relative says, well, no, you know, again, let's give example of a possible person to be a, a, a mamzer. The father is selling her to a mamzer says, just like when you sell her to a mamzer, if the if the mamzer wants to do yud, it's going to be valid." Yim keren the Craven, who says that you're letting sell her to relatives. Shem rotsal in who if they want to do yud. It's not even going to be allowed. It's not even going to be valid. Therefore, it says they are allowed to sell her even to relatives who, their marriage, if they were to do it, is not even a valid marriage. <speaking in> Rebbe <Hebrew> Eliezer learns the halacha. You're allowed to sell a girl to a mamzer from the same posuk, as Rebbe Eliezer, which is <speaking in Hebrew> if the master doesn't want to marry her. When it comes to the Allah, so whether you're allowed to sell it to relatives, Rav Meir holds like the Rabbanon, the Amri who say, You're not allowed to sell to relatives because even if they were to do yid, it, it would not be effective. Says the Gemara, bottom line, Tani Chada, one b'risa said, That a man could even sell his daughter to her grandfather, his own father. You're not allowed to sell your daughter to her brother. So you can't sell your daughter to her, to your own son. Vitani idach, another b'risa says, Ein leila aviv vilay So one b'risa says, you could sell to your father, but not your son. Another b'risa says, you can't sell to anybody. Bishlama my I understand the b'risa which says, you can't sell her to father or son. You know why? Because they're both related to her, so they can't, the yield won't be valid. The hold, you can't sell it to relatives. But what's with the reasoning, what's with the b'risa that says, The opinion, you could sell her to your father, but you can't sell her to your son. Come on, where's that coming from? Like Rabbanon, like Rebbe Lezer. That's not following the opinion of the Because Again, according to Rabbanan, you can't sell her to any relatives. And Rabbanon says you could sell her to relatives. What's the difference between father and son? Why do they have different laws? Says the Gemara, that price is following the opinion of the Rabbanan who say you can never sell to a relative. Aye, why do we say you could sell to your father? Maid the he chadik tzad yud one agree that when there is a possibility of yield then the sale is going to be valid okay now why is there a uh why is there a possibility of yield so what happens is like this if somebody were to sell his daughter to his father if He's the only son. Ouch, I'm sorry. If he's the only son, so there's a possibility of yid, because even though the father himself will not do yid, can... Remember the Torah says, a father give over the rights to a son. So here we go. I am selling my daughter to my father. Possibility of yid? Yes, I'll tell you why. Because if my father has another son, that son is an uncle to my daughter and an uncle can marry a niece. And since in the Torah, the mitzvah of Yud is either to the master himself or to the master's son, I can sell my daughter to my father because Yud is a possibility. With who? Not my father, but my daughter's uncle as opposed to me selling my daughter to my son, Yud is never a possibility, because a girl is always usher to her brother slash half-brother. And therefore, the Rabbanon will say, sale to son, no. Sale to father, yes. Because Yud is a possibility. We'll hold it over here. We're at the two dots. Pick up Eshem HaMatsi Shabbos, 9.30 p.m. with Tanu Rabbanon. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.